Hello and welcome to Fee Play Love and this episode of Helpline. It's your opportunity to ask an expert any questions you might have about things that you're going through at the moment with your small baby or child. We're talking sleeping, behaviour, eating. Our expert today is sleep consultant Joe Ryan. Hello, Joe. How are you? Hello. Well, thank you. That's good to hear. Um, if you'd like to ask Joe a question, you can uh, in a number of ways. You could message us, us through Facebook or if you're watching us through Facebook Live, you can pop your question below the video or you can email your question to helpline at theparentbrand.com.au, although we will get to that next week. Um, we also have a helpline group on Facebook where you can post your questions there. Joe, we might get stuck into it. Our first question comes from Meredith. She says, and this is from our Facebook inbox. She says, hi, all. I had a baby girl last week. Congratulations, Meredith. And I know and totally understand about the fourth trimester and how it's such a shock to her little system adjusting to life outside the womb. So I'm really looking forward, really just looking for some tips because my newborn will only sleep on my chest. No matter how we do it, she will not sleep in her bassinet, nor anywhere alone. She is tightly swaddled and breastfeeds well. We try to move her at night into the bassinet where she's milk, when she's milk drunk and sleepy. Oh, I love that look when they're milk drunk. Mm. Um, we've tried rolling muslin wraps like baguettes to keep make her feel more tight like the womb and nothing we do works. I can't keep sleeping upright. Eek! Please share any tips or even just a hopeful light at the end of the tunnel when we could maybe hope this phase will end. Thank you. And that's from (laughs) Meredith. Yes. Although it's, you know, such a lovely thing, it's also quite exhausting when you can't put a baby down, right? Um, But yes, you know, she's right about the fourth trimester. Babies, you know, often you know, they're not quite ready to be in the world. So they just need that kind of, you know, they need to be close and cuddled. I mean, I would just be really conscious too of how long she's awake for because one of the things that new parents aren't aware of um, often is that um, really newborn babies can really only tolerate an hour maximum of wake time. And in that hour, you need to fit in the feeding, the burping, the wrapping, the settling, you know, all of that. And sometimes it's not even an hour. It might only be 45 minutes before they start to get really tired. Um, So when a newborn baby is tired or overtired, there is absolutely no way that baby will settle on their own or, you know, away from the mother or the parent, away from being sort of held. Generally, they need help. And even when they're not overtired, they may still need a little bit of help. But um, getting a baby to sleep requires sometimes a a little bit of effort, you know, um, with some padding and some, you know, um, some rocking. Um, But hopefully then, you know, if she's going to sleep uh, when she's tired but not overtired, she may be able to be put down, you know, or even be able to put down when she's not quite asleep but, you know, drowsy and then mum or dad can finish kind of, you know, patting her in the bassinet or giving her a jiggle in the pram or something so at least she's not on um, mum the whole time on Meredith. So that's one thing to be conscious of. The other thing is to maybe 
use a sling or something like that that can mean that you're not, you know, your hands are free and you can get up and walk around and do things. Um, that can also help. Um, but, you know, the biggest tip would be just watch her awake time and make sure she's not overtired or staying awake for too long. And just to um, confirm, because I'm imagining Meredith hasn't had much sleep at this point. With, no. um <laughs> with that uh, sling that you mentioned, because I remember, I, it, like you said, it's such a beautiful time when they want to sleep on you. Is there any danger if um, Meredith and her partner help the baby to sleep in the cot? Is it still okay for her during the day to walk around with baby in sling while they're so young? Like is, that's not setting up any bad the sling habits. Should is it? be fine. Yeah, no, no, no. As long as it's you know she's you know can see the baby's you know, can make sure that the baby's face is uncovered and all of that sort of thing. Yep. And the baby, sometimes because in a sling the baby is more sort of upright, you know, their, their head is up, sometimes that helps too. Um, the other thing to be conscious of is, um, you know, she might be experiencing a little bit of kind of tummy stuff with when often newborns when they're born, you know, their gut's trying to get used to the milk and, and you know, um, so often they don't like to lie flat. So, you know, if she could also maybe just keep her upright after the feed for a bit and maybe even try to raise the head of the bassinet slightly or the cot slightly um, so that she is on a little bit of an angle or even sleep her in, sometimes sleeping them in the car capsule or the pram where you can, you know, they are sort of, contained a bit more can sometimes help in those early 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 days um yeah but good Excellent. luck good luck Meredith yeah, yeah you can always come back to us if it doesn't settle mm. down but it will it will get easier it yeah, all gets easier it the next question comes from Nita she said um could you please help with my 14 month old's naps he used to have two naps of an hour 20 each till about a month ago he then started becoming difficult to put down for afternoon. So I started waking him up from the morning after morning one after 40 minutes. He always looks tired from being woken up from the morning one, but does go okay, but does go down okay for the afternoon. His routine is wakes up somewhere between 5:30 and 6. First nap is three and a half hours after wake time. Then after that nap, she wakes him after 40 minutes, then goes down for an afternoon nap, another three and a half hours after that. Does that make sense? Yes. Yep. He often does an hour to one hour 20 for the afternoon. Is he getting enough day sleep? Should I keep waking him from the morning sleep? I feel weird waking him as he really wants to sleep, but then would struggle to have the afternoon nap. He's too young for one nap, I think, as he's often pretty tired after three and a half hours from wake-up time in the morning, but not sure if I should let him have his longer nap in the morning and would this make it harder to consolidate the naps eventually when he's ready for one nap? <laughs> so um, what she's done is great. So that's that's perfect. So around his age um, generally or towards you know just before they turn one generally they do start to shorten so they have one short nap and one long nap and sometimes you have to force that because often they'll just keep sleeping and then they won't sleep well at night or they might not go down in the afternoon that sort of thing so I guess um, she kind of needs to see or think whether 
uh, is he more naturally sleepy in the morning? Like, is that more his natural sort of sleep time? Um, and then maybe give him a short nap in the afternoon, like stretch him out a bit longer. But if there's an issue that he won't go down in the afternoon because he's had that long morning nap, then I think what she's doing is the right thing to do to have, you know, a short nap in the morning, 40 minutes is fine, and then a longer nap in the afternoon. Um, but he will be working towards, you know, consolidating and, and moving to one nap. And so, you know, she could do that by shortening the morning nap again to 30 minutes, you know, and then just kind of dropping it all together and moving the afternoon nap to more around lunchtime. Um, but, it, but that's when she feels that he is ready to do that. And that's any time, usually by about 18 months, most kids are on one nap a day. Um, so, yeah, I think what she's doing sounds fine. Um, but like I say, you could swap it around and have the long nap in the morning, but then there is the danger of him not going down again. Then you've got a very long afternoon and a very tired and cranky toddler with, on your hands at 6 o'clock in the evening or 5 o'clock in the evening. Yeah, no one wants so, yeah. that. No, no, exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, this question uh, comes from someone who'd like to remain anonymous uh, in our helpline group. They say, hi, I have a 22-month-old boy who is a consistent early waker. He has always been a challenging sleeper. And at 12 months, we used a private sleep consultant to resolve issues with going to bed, night waking, etc. That worked until about 19 months with a wake-up time of 6 a.m. However, for the past three months, the best I can hope for is a 5.30 a.m. wake time, but on average, it's more like 4.45 to 5 a.m. He goes mm. to bed with no fuss at 7 p.m. He naps one and a half hours each day from around 12 to 12, from around 12 to 12.30. We generally wake him after one and a half hours as guided by the sleep consultant. We ensure he gets lots of physical exercise and he, he eats well. He's also warm enough. I'm not sure if he's just an early waker as he he's generally cheerful or could I adjust a nap or something to get him to sleep longer in the mornings? Any suggestions? Welcome. Look, it is tricky and, and you know, I get this question a lot about particularly boys, toddlers, early morning risers. There are some boy toddlers and toddlers generally, but mostly it's for some, it seems to be boys that are really prone to being early, more like early, early risers. Um, and sometimes you just have to live with it. You know, that's just who they are. And, and um, uh, I mean, there are some things, I think he's 22 months. So, you know, he's probably a bit early, a bit young to be wanting to drop the nap. So, you know, you kind of have to weigh up, mm. you know, do I still want him to have a nap or can I, you know, or would I prefer him to sleep an hour? It may not guarantee that he's going to sleep later as well if he is an early morning riser, like that's the way he's programmed. It's something you could try. You could maybe try shortening the nap again to an hour, you know, might give him an extra half hour. So and what I sort of think, I try all those things before this next bit of advice. So this is my last resort is you could try putting him to bed half an hour later. Generally, that doesn't work, but, you know, and he'll, he, he may still rise at 4.45, but then after the, if he does, then I would bring it back to 7, you know. Um, but sometimes with some 
kids, they do just have a shorter amount of sleep that they need generally in a 24-hour period. So putting them to bed slightly later as they're getting older can help. It may not. So, so yeah, so if that makes sense. The first thing I would do is try to shorten the day nap, keep his bedtime where it is, give that a couple of nights and see if that makes any difference. If not, maybe try putting him to bed half an hour later, give that a couple of nights if that doesn't make any difference. Then I would say, okay, go back to the earlier bedtime, keep the nap time maybe at an hour and hopefully over time um, he will start to sleep in longer. He may not, but, you know, fingers when crossed. When he's 13, he probably will, right? Yeah, definitely. I always say that. When parents of teenagers and parents of toddlers, we just can't understand each other because one's saying, I can't get them out of bed. It's so frustrating. And, and the other one's looking at them going, what? They sleep yeah, past yeah. daybreak? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, or even when they're in their late teens, you know, then they don't get up till midday. It's just ridiculous. Well, anyway. I remember my sister used to sleep in until 11, 12 o'clock. I, I could never sleep that long. I, but now, <laughs> now yeah, I reckon yeah. I could. Um, yeah, yeah. This question comes from Alicia on Facebook. She says, hello, I was wondering if a 13-month-old should still be waking up every three hours at night. I've tried to get him into a routine, a routine but he won't go to sleep till about 1am in the morning and only naps once through the day for about three hours between 3 and 6pm. He wakes up at about 4am, then wakes about 7am for the day. I don't know how he manages to stay awake with such little sleep. I'm so tired. Wow. I can imagine. That sounds, that's pretty intense. So yeah, that's, um, that's not great. So no, he's 13 months, shouldn't be waking overnight really at all. Um, But it sounds like he needs a little bit more structure maybe in his day, a little bit more. So he should really be going to bed around 7 p.m. His his nap sounds like it's too late in the afternoon and it's going on for too long, Mm. Um, So, which is why he's not going to sleep till really late. So I would sort of start to adjust things. So I would be putting him down for his day nap. So, you know, just say he's awake at 6 for the day, maybe, you know, do his breakfast, you know, morning tea, early lunch, maybe down for, for his nap around 12, 12.30. Don't let him sleep more than two hours, okay, at his age. So, you know, have him up at two, say, and then back down for the night at seven. Now, this will take a little bit of adjusting because it sounds like his body clock is, you know, totally out of whack and he's now going to bed really late and he's waking and that's what's causing him to wake a lot during the night, you know. So just have a process where, you know, you have a nice ritual before bedtime, ritual before the nap, ritual before nighttime bed. And if you have to sit and help him for a bit to go off to sleep, but by that I mean like keep him in his bed but doing some padding or stroking or, you know, whatever it might be just to soothe him and calm him until he goes to sleep, okay? So we just need to slightly adjust him and that will take, you know, about a week to get that sorted but then it takes, they say, three weeks to change circadian rhythms. So you've got to continue it, you know, even if it's working, continue the process until you know, it's, it's sort of set in stone, okay? So by that, I mean, don't sort of go away in the middle of it or change, you know, do things differently. Um, but, yeah, you find that if you could adjust his routine and maybe have a look at um, a sort of standard routine for his age group, um, you know, might help, you know, so that, you know, they're up around between six and seven, 
you know, they're having one nap in the middle of the day and then they're in bed around sort of between 6.30 and 7.30 for the night, you know. Mm. Um, and then they, he should sleep all night. So when he wakes overnight, I'm not quite sure what she's doing to resettle him, but I would suggest that, you know, you just keep him in his bed, you do the padding again, no feeding overnight, no sort of bringing out of his bed, that sort of thing, and try to get him. And, you know, he's at an age where, you know, he's, he's probably craving, his body is probably craving that that structure a bit more so it shouldn't take too long but it will it will take a couple of days to get into the flow of things good luck luck. that one yes Uh, and our next question comes from madeline she sent us an email she says i have two boys a two and a half year old and a 14 month old i'm finding this stage the hardest so far especially as a two and a half year old is going through a huge tantrum stage and saying no to everything how do I help them to get along? The 14-month-old yeah. just follows his big brother everywhere and wants to do everything he's doing. My two-and-a-half-year-old just wants his little brother to leave him alone. <laughs> Sorry, I should say welcome to the rest of your children's lives. Yeah. Um, yeah. He will not share with his little brother. He claims everything as mine and he will hit and push his little brother until he gets his way. It breaks my heart to see this kind of behavior between the two of them. Is this normal? Siobhan says yes. I'll let Joe answer in a minute. Is there something I can do? I teach him that hitting and pushing is not acceptable and not something we do in this family, but he just does not listen. Help. And then she says, P.S., you answered my question this week uh, about my son not wanting to sleep in his bed. Thank you so much for the advice. I am implementing it as we speak, so fingers and toes are crossed. So, Joe. Well, you know, as you say, this is very normal behavior okay you know the thing when you're having children quite close together as well you know it's very hard to kind of rationalize with a two and a half year old and explain to them you know what's happened is his world has has completely changed has anyone ever been able to rationalize with a toddler no (laughs) no that's no never so and remember their ability to understand anyone else's point of view other than their own is just they just can't do it they don't have the brain development to do that so you can explain that it's upsetting and you know he doesn't care about that he just cares (laughs) that someone has come in and taken away your attention and his toys you know so so I think um, you kind of have to live with it it's all about modeling you know so you know all of that sort of um you know, we don't do that here. That's that's great. Keep saying that. It, it will sink in. It might not change behaviour, but it will, you know, ultimately sort of sink in. Also, I find, um, you know, give, give him, your two-and-a-half-year-old, if you can, some one-on-one time with you where his toys are his toys and the toddler or the baby is not in on that, you know, as well. So maybe have a little space where it's just him with his toys that he can play with, you know, that your younger child does not, you know, while he's napping or put him in a different spot, you know, because it is important for them to feel some kind of control over this situation that's crazy to him because he's like, I was the centre of the world and now this little little thing over here, this little slug has come <laughs> in and, you know, ta- taking, you know. So having that can help. But always just bottling, I can see you're upset, I understand, I see you're frustrated, I see you're angry, I know you don't want 
you know, the baby to play with your toys. But let's just maybe give him one, you know, and let him have control over what toy, is there a toy that he can play with, you know, that sort of thing. But I think having some separate area for him is is helpful, you know. It does get better. Mm. I mean, you know, I mean, Siobhan's right, you know, can tell you that, you know, Mm. it's hard though. It is hard. They just, you know, yes. there can be. You don't want to create competition, though, between them. So I think, you know, letting him have his little space with his things is fine, is a, is a good idea, yeah. Mm. And you're right. I mean, this age is difficult because you can't rationalise with them. And, uh, you know, from, from my perspective, my two are almost seven and nine now and I have a girl and a boy and Madeline, they fight every day and it does my head in. But I think... Mm. I, I know that all my peers who have siblings, most of them fight unless they've got two girls. I mean, I, I assume that happens later, but I have a few friends with two girls. They don't fight. They get along. I mean, only yesterday my kids were having so much fun together that I wanted to lock them in the room and throw away the key because it, even that was annoying. But my point being <laughs> that they they will um, they they will fight. Um, Try not to feel like it's your responsibility to make them best friends because I felt very, I, I feel it too. If if my eldest mm. is mean to my youngest, I think, oh, no, they're going to hate each other and I want them to be friends. But if anything I've learned from speaking to people, it's always been, you know, step in to intervene when you have to, but it's the best thing for them to work out how to resolve their differences as well, even if it doesn't feel like they're resolving it by the sounds of them. Shouting at each other. And yours are very little, so there's not a lot you can do, right? No, and the younger one is probably always going to look up to his older brother. I mean, that's just natural in that sort of situation. You just, I think, need to, yeah, let it play out, but let it obviously without them hurting each other or the older one hurting the younger one. Mm. And, you know, obviously that's not acceptable and that is the consequence for that sort of behaviour. So, but, you know, let him have his stuff for a bit, you know, yeah. that's, that's kind of important. Yeah. I think it's so important. And the mm. one-on-one time as well, Joe. I, I have always struggled to do that, but you fill their mm. cup for them and they're less likely to get irritable at their younger one. Yeah. I mean, my daughter still reckons she remembers when she was the only child. <laughs> She's like, no, you don't. Of course you don't. She's like, yes, I do. She's awesome. saying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Anyway, well, good luck and I hope it, Mm. you know, I hope they don't um, make life too difficult. The next question we have, which might be our last one, we'll see how we go, um, is from Ruth on Facebook. She says, hello, my six-week-old baby girl won't sleep for more than an hour during the day or an hour and a half at night. She's alert when awake and is putting on weight and growing. Is this normal or can I help her stretch out her sleeps? Yeah, well, certainly... um you know, the overnight sleep is a bit short. Uh, Six weeks, you know, she should be getting into having sort of, you know, longer stretches at night, like, you know, maybe three to four hours between feeds, you know. Um, So I think the things with young babies like this, again, um, as I mentioned earlier, just make sure they're not overtired. So again, six weeks, she really shouldn't be up for more than an hour at a time during the day. Um, make sure that she's, you know, even though she says she's putting on weight, that's great, but make sure that she's getting big full feeds and that she's not snacking throughout the day. So if you're feeding her really frequently or she's falling asleep on the boob or the bottle or she's, you know, you just, that often the sh- those naps are shorter because they just don't have enough, you know, food in their tummies 
to kind of sustain a longer sleep and particularly overnight. So if she's snacking a lot in the day, it might mean she hasn't kind of had a good quota of milk in the day. So she needs to make up for it at night. So just, you know, make sure during the day she's probably, she should be sort of moving to three hourly feeds during the day if she's not already. So you could start to try and stretch out that feeding during the day a bit. So she's having big full feeds make sure she's having a big full feed, you know, even if she needs a little break, you know, pop her back on, make sure she's getting lots of, you know, um, if you're breastfeeding, you know, or draining, sort of getting that nice high in milk that's thick, creamy, fatty milk that helps them sleep, you know, that she's not um, just having mm. little snacks of, you know, the sort of full milk that can just is di- easily digested, digested quickly. Um, you know, those are the kind of things. So, you know, make sure they're not overtired and make sure she's having big full feeds during the day and then that should help with things. Yeah. I think we do have time for one last question. This one comes from Alicia from our helpline group. She says, hi, Joe. my nearly 19-month-old son is showing signs of being ready for toilet training, pulling at the nappy, interested in the toilet and watching us go and good bladder control, often waking up dry. I have... I've got a potty as well as a step and seat for the toilet, so I'm ready to start. However, I have no idea where or how to start. Do (laughs) I need to stay home while we establish this new skill? Do I let him have accidents or should I regularly pop him on the potty? Should I just pop him straight into jocks or use pull-ups? Any tips would be greatly appreciated, feeling very overwhelmed and confused. That's from Alicia. Yeah, okay. Well, 19 months is really young, you know, um, to be doing this, some some kids really do get it young. So I would just really ease into it because you don't want to start the whole palaver and then, you know, have to sort of stop. So I would just, I would maybe just keep going a little bit longer, just sort of, you know, and not maybe keeping him nappies or move him to pull-ups during the day and just ask him, you know, or, you know, um, suggest that, you know, maybe before he, you know, when he first wakes up that he sits on the potty, you know, and you can put the potty next to the loo or whatever. Do you want to sit on the pot and try the potty before, you know, his nap, you could do it. And before his bath, you could try it again. So I would just ease into it with someone with a child so young, really, um, because often they do show signs, but then as soon as you start to kind of push the issue, things will revert. And be like, no, 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 I'm not doing that, you know. So, um, yeah. you know, so just, um, yeah, gently, gently would be my my suggestion around that. Um, don't do anything. I'd keep him in nappies overnight, you know, for the time being. Mm-hmm. Um, and until you kind of got the days sorted, then I would, um, yeah, then I would approach the nights. But the nights can definitely take a lot longer, Um but you say he is dry overnight, which is amazing. Um, but again, I just think I'd just be wary that he is quite young and and to not, um, yeah, to not put too much pressure on on it all happening because it might it might not like he might be showing signs, but then it all might kind of go you know backwards for a bit. Yeah, but just little steps, yeah. little steps would be my advice. Yes. Well, good luck with that. And yes, it's, there's nothing wrong with stopping if it isn't going well and starting when they're a bit yeah. older. Um, right. So Joe, we have come to the, we might wrap up 
with the questions. But before we go, I just want to have a very quick chat with you about your Baby Bliss um, program that we have on the parent school website. So for those of you who don't know, um, we have the parent school part of babyology where you can book a one-on-one session with experts like Joe. But Joe also has a fabulous program that's really about, um, as I understand it, Joe, uh, good healthy sleep patterns for babies. Can you tell me a little bit more about it? Yeah, so it helps. It'll help you understand um, sort of how much how much sleep your baby needs generally for their age, um, and how to kind of if your baby is not sleeping well, how to kind of take that um, and and change it so that you know your baby will start to sleep as per their sleep requirements. You know, so it's a very gentle. Um, it's self-paced, so you can do it at your own speed. Um, if you want to do it all at once, you can do it all at once. But if you want to do a bit now and a bit later, you can do that. So, yeah, it, it's for babies, you know, um, for the first sort of 12 months or so, you know, to just get them into some good sleep habits. So it's about routine, but not a strict routine because I'm not into that. But, you know, structure around how much sleep they need during the day and how much sleep they need overnight and how to resettle them if they are waking and you're not quite sure what to do. You know, oh, you might be resorting to feeding or rocking or getting them up and pushing them in the pram or something like that. So if you want to sort of break those habits because they become very strong sleep associations and actually contribute to babies and toddlers waking, um, if you want to change that habit, then there's a gentle way that you can do that without sort of prolonged periods of leaving them on their own. So it's not about that. It's about supporting them and just removing those sleep associations so that they can learn to sleep without them and ultimately then fall into a nice sleep pattern. So interesting. I All I needed was that guidance, you know, to go back okay. to, like I would have something in my head, I'd try it, I'd be so sleep deprived, I'd do something different. So it must be really nice just to have, just to go back and go, all right, that's what Joe said. <laughs> go back, I'm going to yeah. try this one again. And is yeah. it age appropriate? Like, is it, does it? work for all babies or have you got different stages for different ages through that well it's there's different um obviously uh routines or sort of you know requirements that babies at each stage need in terms of how much sleep they need so as we've talked about today very young babies can only be awake for a very short period of time so they're sleeping for a lot lot longer in their 24-hour period but that changes as they grow you know and some babies need a little bit of encouragement to kind of Uh, you know, maybe shorten their day sleeps and sleep more at night or sleep longer in the day if they're just catnapping, which is, you know, there there are periods throughout a baby's um, growth phase, probably in those first 12 to 18 months, where they have certain amounts of brain development that, that cause sleep regressions too. So there's sort of periods of Big development, so four months is a is a very well known sort of um, sleep regression period because there's a whole lot of brain development stuff going on around then six months and then just before around twelve months. You know things, any big developmental phases around moving, like crawling, walking, you know all those sorts of things can cause sleep disturbances. So this gives you a technique to use or a sort of a way of dealing with all those sleep regressions that happen in those that first twelve to eighteen months of your baby's life 
uh, that you can fall back on to go, oh, I know what I know what to do here. I can implement this. I can set, resettle them without sort of going, oh, my God, they were sleeping brilliantly and now they're not. What do I do? Oh, I'll just feed them or I'll pick them up or, I'll, you know, I'll put them in the pram, walk them out of the block at 3 o'clock in the morning, you know, because I'm not quite sure. So it gives you that sort of technique and it's a great technique that that you can use for all of those little regressions that happen so that as soon as your baby's through it, you're back on track and things just fall back into place. Oh, where were you when my babies were young? (laughs) (laughs) Jo, thank you so much for your time today. You're welcome. That was Jo Ryan and that's all for us from Parent School today. Um, Helpline, that's all from us (laughs) today and we have experts as i mentioned talk about breastfeeding introducing solids toddler behavior challenges if you have something you need guidance with we will have someone to help you you'll find the links in the notes of this episode and uh joe see you next time feed play love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me siobhan hunt i'd love to hear from you so if you'd like to get in touch Email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.